Hello and welcome to episode 8 of our podcast, St. Louis-Marie de Montfort and True Devotion. In this episode I want to begin looking in more detail at what St. Louis-Marie teaches concerning devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. As I said in the last episode, we will for the most part be examining the book True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin. It might be helpful to look first at the overall plan of the book. You could see this fairly clearly from looking at the contents as given in the online version of it on our website montfort.org.uk but let me summarize for you here. After a brief introduction, St. Louis-Marie writes about the necessity of devotion to Our Lady in general and then he examines what such devotion consists in starting with some basic principles before looking at the characteristics of both false and genuine forms of devotion to her. He then goes on in a second part to speak about what he calls the perfect devotion to Our Lady, which involves a total consecration of ourselves to Jesus Christ through her, which he claims is also the perfect way to fulfill our baptismal commitment to Jesus Christ. Much of this part of the book deals with various motivations to embrace this form of devotion. St. Louis-Marie speaks of the motives which recommend it to our attention and of its wonderful effects in those who embrace it. He also spends quite a long time speaking of what he calls a biblical figure of the devotion in the Old Testament, the story of Jacob and his mother Rebecca. Again, this is very much a motivational section. But then he gets down to the details of how to practice this perfect devotion to Our Lady, dealing with both what he calls external practices and the essential internal practices. We should perhaps note that in The Secret of Mary, St. Louis-Marie deals with these practices, perhaps more suitably, the other way round, treating of the internal or essential practices of this devotion before looking at the external practices. True devotion to the Blessed Virgin ends with a section on putting this devotion into practice when receiving Holy Communion, while the secret of Mary ends with some prayers and a passage on the care and growth of the Tree of Life, where by the Tree of Life he means this perfect devotion to Mary. St. Louis-Marie begins his book as we have it today with the sentence it was through the Blessed Virgin Mary that Jesus came into the world, and it is also through her that he must reign in the world. Here he is, as it were, setting out his stall immediately, claiming that the place of the Blessed Virgin in what we call God's plan of salvation is consistent. It began through God's use of Mary to bring our Saviour into the world, and it continues through God's continuing use of her to establish the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ in the world. St. Louis-Marie then goes on to speak of the great dignity and worth of Mary in God's eyes. Even though she remained in the background, as it were, during the earthly life of Jesus, God chose her to be his instrument in offering salvation to mankind, and he continues to involve her in the working out of his plan of salvation in the lives of Christians. He writes, 
If, as is certain, the knowledge and the kingdom of Jesus Christ must come into the world, it can only be as a necessary consequence of the knowledge and reign of Mary. She who first gave him to the world will establish his kingdom in the world. This is a way of saying, as he goes on to say clearly in the first part of the book, that devotion to Mary is necessary for us if we wish to be saved. This, of course, is something that many Christians, in particular many Protestant Christians, would query. They would say that relationship with Jesus Christ through faith is the only necessary thing to enjoy the salvation from sin and death that he came to bring. How does St. Louis-Marie answer this objection? Well, first of all, we should notice that he says that the necessity for devotion to Mary, like the necessity of Mary herself in God's plan, is what he calls hypothetical, not absolute. He acknowledges that God never had and does not now have any absolute need of the Blessed Virgin for the accomplishment of his will. However, he goes on to add, considering things as they are, because God has decided to begin and accomplish his greatest works through the Blessed Virgin ever since he created her, we can safely believe that he will not change his plan in the time to come, for he is God, and therefore does not change in his thoughts or his way of acting. His point is that God did, in fact, choose to involve Mary in setting his plan of salvation in motion, and he continues to involve her in the working out of that plan in our lives today. This is what he means when he says in number 39 that Mary is necessary to God by a necessity which is called hypothetical, that is, because God so willed it. God could have acted in a totally different way, but he did not and so we should respect his way of doing things, and accept that Mary is a necessary part of our working out our salvation in Jesus Christ. As we saw in an earlier episode, this is tantamount to saying that we can hardly do better than God himself in making a choice of the means to salvation. A point of interest here is the way that St. Louis Mary speaks of the connection between Mary and the Holy Spirit. Nearly all Christians would agree that it is the Holy Spirit of God who, working in human souls by his gifts, brings about our sanctification, brings us to holiness of life and deep relationship with God, both Father and Son. St. Louis-Marie speaks frequently of Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit, by which he means that she, first of all, cooperated closely with the Spirit in bringing forth Jesus Christ as the Saviour, but also, as he claims, she continues to cooperate closely with him, the Holy Spirit, in applying the fruits of salvation to men and women. As he says, when the Holy Spirit, her spouse, finds Mary in a soul, he hastens there and enters fully into it. He gives himself generously to that soul according to the place it has given to his spouse. From the moment the substantial love of the Father and the Son espoused Mary to form Jesus, the head of the elect, and Jesus in the elect, he has never disowned her, for she has always been faithful and fruitful. 
His point, once again, is that because God himself has chosen this way, Mary is irrevocably bound up in the establishment of the kingdom of God in human souls. This first section of true devotion to the Blessed Virgin ends with a claim made by St. Louis Mary that Mary has a special part to play in what he calls the latter times. What does he mean by this phrase? For him, our own times are already the latter times. He is not claiming, as some Christian sects have done, that the second coming of Jesus, as it is called, and the end of the world are imminent, as though we can say that it is all about to happen in a very short time. In actual fact, Jesus makes it plain in the Gospels that none of us can predict when all this will happen. But nevertheless, we have to be ready whenever it comes. What St. Louis Mary means by the latter times is more clearly explained in a prayer he wrote to ask God for dedicated missionaries to preach his word. It's called The Prayer for Missionaries, and you can find it on our website in the section of online writings of St. Louis Mary. And in it he speaks of three reigns or ages when he says, The reign especially attributed to God the Father lasted until the flood and ended in a deluge of water. The reign of Jesus Christ ended in a deluge of blood. But your reign, Spirit of the Father and the Son, is still unended, and will come to a close with a deluge of fire, love, and justice. Here he is clearly implying that we are already in this third phase of God's reign. And in True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin, as in this prayer, he says that in this phase, Mary has a special role to play, especially in raising up great apostles and missionaries who will bring people to a deeper relationship with the Father and the Son through the Holy Spirit. So that is St. Louis Mary's first claim, that devotion to Mary, simply because this is God's own way, is necessary for all those who wish to serve God best and to achieve the fullness of salvation. We will go on to see what devotion to Mary should involve in future episodes. In the meantime, goodbye and God bless you.